3: Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell.
0: Contact CordellCordell.com 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404.
2: Hey everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Trade Cast. This week brought to you by RotoQL. I'm your host. Well, I guess Dan said it, not as always, Eric Ratslow, <laughs> better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by my two faithful companions on week one of the NFL season. There's still games happening right now, guys. Nathan and Dan, what's up?
4: There are games happening, but we're here because we love all of you. We are sacrificing our football watching to feed you the content that you desire.
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we're de- dedicated to the content, and also you guys give us money. So that, mostly the money, but also the dedication as well.
4: Nathan's a sellout, basically, is
2: what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it is, okay. Nate, for Nathan, it's the money. For me, it's not. No, it is not the money. That is not enough.
4: I'm here for the folks. I'm okay. here I'm here for Let's the listeners,
2: straight. baby. I'm here for the <laughs> listeners. I'm here for the love of football, baby. Week one is here. Oh, man. It was awesome. I watched 10 and a half hours of football yesterday and didn't even feel a little guilty about it. It was sweet. Made my daughter watch it. We didn't watch one second of beat bugs. Not happening today, boys. <laughs> Not happening. Uh, all right. Well, today we're obviously going to talk about week one, um, but we're going to do it from a dynasty lens. Every other podcast is out there talking about... Week one, we are talking about it from a dynasty lens and more specifically from a dynasty trades lens. So uh, there has been some shakeups, some interesting things have happened, some things that we did not expect. uh, But us being the seasoned veterans that we are, we knew to expect the unexpected. Wow. Wow.
4: That's That was beautiful. It gave me, that, that gave me goosebumps.
2: I know it did. It did. Uh, man, I'm so pumped. I don't know what to say. It's been like two weeks since the show. Week, week one, I am, I'm ecstatic. Um, okay. Well, before we get into the show, and, and like I said, we'll just kind of run down uh, Dynasty discussions across the board, kind of a grab bag approach. Um, but before we get into the show, I do want to... Uh, throw out a quick reminder and let you know that you can support the RotoViz Radio Network and all of our 10 shows per week on Patreon. Uh, by doing so, you gain exclusive access to RotoViz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all your fantasy football questions. Having this Sunday, you can catch it next Sunday if you do so. Uh, patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to the RotoViz Live show. Uh, that's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just five bucks. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, um, and you can do your part to help support the network and help us grow, and and, and apparently help Nathan uh, grow wealthy over there because he's getting a bigger <laughs> cut than the rest of us, um, and also continue to help us produce high quality, industry leading programming.
4: Well, speaking of exclusive, since most of that stuff was exclusive, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 30% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com forward slash, forward slash, backslash. it's a forward slash podcast. The season is here, so make sure you're ready. Ready for next week, ready for week two and week three um so you need to gain unlimited access to all your nfl content and tools with this pass so you get amazing value and support the podcast network once again that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast
2: yep and with that dude i'm so pumped about talking about actual things happening in football instead of just talk, just just pontificating about things that might happen in football this upcoming year things have happened in football already
4: or things that happened in games that don't matter
2: well, that's true. Um, such as uh, such as the Ravens just smacking down, just just <laughs> annihilating. Everybody saw that, right? Like Joe Flacco just bombing forty.
4: Yeah, it was it was good to see the Ravens hit the over by themselves. By themselves, it's
2: one hundred percent true. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive into the content here. Um, let's just rip the Band-Aid right off. And uh, Le'Veon Bell held out for camp. Uh, did not start for the Steelers in week one uh, left a door swinging for James Connor and James Connor, like Kool-Aid man through the door, like, Oh yeah, it's happening. <laughs> and just dumped points on them. Just looked incredible. Looked every bit of Levy. Well, not every bit of Levy on bell, but looked real good. Um, There's a lot of Twitter hullabaloo about James Conner, obviously. A lot of question marks about should I give a first and a second for Conner? What am I doing with Conner? What are the sealers doing? So with that, Nathan, what's happening here?
1: I am going to be selling James James Conner if I have any right now. I don't think I do, but uh, this could very easily come tumbling down, at least from a short-term perspective, if Bell decides to show up. Um, Some may say, oh, he's not going to show up until week 10, yada, yada, yada. But I think it's more likely than not he shows up the next couple weeks. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Uh, But anyways, I I, I think that if you're thinking, oh, this means that James Conner is the long term back in Pittsburgh once Bell leaves after the season, I think that is more of a foregone conclusion than him not showing up this year. Um, I I don't think that that's any sort of a guarantee. I think that at the very least Fitzgerald would invest, you know, a second, third round pick and a, you know, a tandem back. I don't see a team trusting Connor with the RB1 role long-term. Not that really, there's not really many long-term RB1s in the NFL, but I don't think Connor's one of them either.
2: Man, it's tough to, uh, I guess I'll hop in and just say it's tough to, it's, 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 I think it's obvious that Connor is going to be the guy after after this year Um, but I think we all the the savvy owners I think kind of knew that happening already I mean did we see and I think we talked about on this show I'm not sure that we saw Le'Veon as a long-term option for the Steelers especially after this holdout I think the Steelers are going to have a nasty taste in their mouth so Connor's one of those guys that buying if you liked what you saw even if even if Bell were to come back tomorrow and start week three um, even in that situation he still has long-term dynasty value because I think he they saw enough to like what to to like him, uh, to, to see him as the bell cow moving forward and to pick up somebody in like the fourth round next year to, to back him up. Uh, so, I mean, I like the con I like Connor. I'm not sure what the valuation is though. And this is, this is the most fun part is because during the season, the valuations fluctuate so much, which his value right now is we're seeing it is probably like a first and a second. Um, I'm not unsure though, that I wouldn't give a first for Connor right now, uh, but maybe that's just overreaction. But I think he's one of those guys that if you wait too long, the window slam shut on you and then you miss out completely. And suddenly he's three first. It's like Kareem hunt week one. Okay. A first for Kareem hunt. That's great. Week two. Okay. Two first. And then week three, it was over. You were giving three first and then you were overpaying.
4: Yeah. And, a lot of times when you get like these kind of Cinderella story, it's not really a Cinderella story because James Conner was, was an established and, yeah. and well-known uh, college running back, but then you know, the whole cancer thing. And, and it's so awesome to see him back and doing this. Yeah. But a lot of times when you have these Cinderella stories, so much of the value is put into the story. And normally I would say, well, remove the story and then talk to me about value. This is one of those where you don't have to do that. I think the story is just... And one of the cool things you can add on top, I think, I think James Connor is the heir apparent to Le'Veon Bell. Let's assume that Le'Veon Bell comes back at some point. Uh, I'm not sure that he does come back soon though, because he's still, he, he's risking a lot of money by coming back and potentially getting injured. Um, there's no, you know, that I mean, the, the, the tag is, is it fully guaranteed? Is it partially guaranteed? I don't know how franchise tags work. It's, I believe it, yeah, well, it's also guaranteed,
2: they, yeah, fully guaranteed, but they can rescind the tag at any point. So they could sure. decide today, say, well, they if, can. Yeah, they, yeah, they can, they can, they can rescind, rescind the,
4: the tag at any point.
2: Yeah, they can, they can pull it. If he, if he doesn't sign it, they can rescind it before he signs it. So yeah. they could, they could say tomorrow, okay, we don't want you bell. Um, Connor looked real good, but then he's a free agent and can go anywhere he wants. And, get
4: right. any and, he wants. and the, and the, the setback to that was they wanted the third round pick compensation for Bell which is why they were kind of hoping to hang on because it's inevitable that he's gone. I don't think anyone with in their right mind is like oh no, Levion's definitely a stealer for the future. He's gone. Yeah, um, 100%. If, if, you know, the last two years should be very very telling in that. Um, but I don't know that he's willing to sacrifice potentially 40 million dollar guaranteed contract to you know uh, for 10 I think he's a smart business guy when you look at it from the business perspective, because obviously he's seeing all of these other running backs getting their, their big contracts or big guaranteed money. And yet he's still here without one a, because the Steelers don't really want to deal with his crap. And B they knew they had James Connor. Um, so I, you know, maybe week four or week five, if bell still isn't there and Connor's still playing, even if he's just playing. Okay. You know, everybody has peaks and valleys. But even if he's even if he's just playing okay, and Bell still hasn't signed or still hasn't shown up or anything, I mean, is it out of question to think that they rescind it and just say, you know what, it's a third round pick. James Connor panned out. I think we're going to be all right.
2: Yeah, I mean, although talk about a dream scenario now from their standpoint, if they, do, I mean, I don't think they rescind it. I think that, but I, but I also think you're right. I think Le'Veon's made his bed at this point. If he comes back, what were you doing it for, man? You just got shown up, and you you're now splitting carries with Connor probably. When you no, back. wrong. <laughs> you don't think so? I think, I think no, would-
1: there is a 0% chance Lady Bell is splitting carries in a contract year with, with James Conner. They're just going to run him into the ground as soon as he shows up. Yeah, that's um, for sure.
2: That's a valid point, actually, because that they're going to be like, you know what, good luck, hope you get injured is what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, the one thing I will say about Conner is that yesterday was the first time I think he's played good football since he had cancer. He was not good his last year at Pittsburgh. He was very bad last year in his rookie year in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh-Pittsburgh, I Pittsburgh, not, didn't notice that until I just said it out loud. But, um, yeah, James Conner, he's shown, okay, he has, I, mean, I, I don't know, but recovered from cancer or whatever, but he has well, ritual. Okay, that's,
2: yeah, that's not a recovery, but, yeah, that's fine. He's yeah, he's yeah, currently- he, he,
1: he, he has played good football for the first time since before he had cancer, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that's fair. So let me ask the, the room here from a dynasty value question, because I think people are going to fall on both sides of the fence on our listener side of things is valuation wise. What are we giving for Connor? What are we selling for Connor? And on that same idea, what are we doing with bell right now? Are we trying to buy him on the cheap?
1: I don't, I don't think you can get bell on the cheap from anyone really right now, unless they were, you know, scared of other things other than just the, the holdout uh Connor I guess I'd buy for a late first uh I'd sell for mid first that type of thing
4: I don't think I'm selling for anything less than a first plus um just because the the production is going to be there and in this game we are playing for future as well so knowing knowing that Connor is at the very least established himself as even a piece of the committee assuming yeah. that some for some reason Pittsburgh goes out and wants to add another body even though they've kind of proven to not be that type of of team um, I, I think going out and buying, I give you know any non-three, non-top three first for um, for Connor, and I'm kind of just not really interested in buying on even if I can get him at a, at a discount. Uh, well, there's
2: got to be a point where, like, if suddenly you're at a late first valuation... I mean, and that's we're he, talking. He's never going to get
4: there, though. And so, I well, mean, speaking,
2: you say that, but what if he holds out? What if? What if it's week seven and he's still holding out? And people, he's hand- still not
4: going to go for that, though, because he's an elite. He's an elite running back. I mean, guys aren't going to just bail unless you're they're getting something of value in return. More likely, a player than than a pick or picks. Um, and I just, you know, thinking thinking in those terms i don't think there's ever going to be a point where i'm going to be okay buying him um you know he's got the injuries he's got the you know fairly troubled past seems like he might be kind of a d-bag um yep now this so what's to say he doesn't do it again you know what i mean
2: so i mean this is this is the issue and i I think i'm on board with you dan more than i am with nathan i think that this is I i would need first plus to sell him um but buying him for again this is If he does it again next week, this is, we're going to have Kareem Hunt 2.0 here. People are going to start freaking out and the the price is just going to keep going up. So I think it was Jeff Miller who listed him as one of his guys that he's overpaying for right now to try to, uh, to try to buy. And and I'm not sure I disagree with that. So, um, I think I'm on the side of the fence where giving a first is fine. Giving a first plus is questionable, probably at market value. But if I can get him for a first, I'm probably going to do it, um, because there's very little there's very little risk in that. If he's good next year and and Bell takes his job this year, then whatever, that's great. It's still worth it. Um, okay, let's go ahead and move on because that's enough on the main topic here. Um, and let's talk about uh, talk about the Seattle Seahawks who looked um, not so great, uh, but but a new name has appeared, and that's Disley, Uh Will Disley, the tight end. Uh, first year tight end uh, went for over 100 yards. Three, I think he was three catches, 105, and a TD, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't have the sheet in front of me. And then, uh, and then also talking about that game, we also had Doug Baldwin um, basically come up and shred his other knee um, and go out of the game. So, uh, what are we making of this particular offense? Are we are, are we believers in Dilsley, or are we questionable? There's Disley? I don't know how to say his last name. Will Disley. So disley yeah, okay Disney. there it is I'll, I'll throw to you dan since you know how to pronounce his name
4: <laughs> <laughs> well I, I don't know that i'm necessarily a believer in seattle i'm a believer in russell wilson yeah uh, i think even Still without, made it happen
2: this week by the way
4: right and and that's just that's the player he is you know I, i'm i'm a believer there i think no matter who he's got around him i think he's gonna make it work i think they're smart enough to keep tyler lockett in the slot i think they're smart enough to keep disley out there and doing whatever it is that he's doing um, kind Disleying of
2: laying around is what he's doing. He's just
4: he's <laughs> yeah. classic. Disley. Um, Nathan mentioned pre-show that he was a fourth round pick. So, I mean, there's something tied to him. There's a moderate amount of value. Obviously that's not the draft capital that we always talk about, you know, the first, second, even third round. Um, but still a fourth round is something teams, teams pay, you know, pay for those. They, they go and get those guys. And a lot of teams have a lot of players that, that are from the fourth round and play a good amount. And Disley think it's going to be one of those guys. Um, nothing really like pops off the screen. He's not any crazy athlete. Um, he's pretty good size. He's like six, four, six, five to 60. So that's from a t- tight end perspective. You know, he's, he's got the build, he's got the body for it. Um, and yesterday I think he showed that he can do a lot more than just block. So, um, I think, I think on just like a flyer perspective and maybe this is just like a one week wonder, but I think he's probably going to be, I think he's going to be in there for a little while. Um, they don't really have much else I mean, I remember a Nick Vanette
2: conversation on this podcast, not three weeks ago where we were arguing for Nick Vanette. Now,
4: who? Who's that guy? Well, I think I think he still played a little bit, though, didn't Vinette, he? Wasn't Vinette, he, he was yeah, there.
2: he got targeted twice and one for 11 for Vanette.
4: I'd like to see his snap counts. I'm going gonna, gonna to try to dig some of those up. All right, very good. Well, I mean, regardless, both of them were on the field. I mean, it wasn't like
2: a high-volume day for Disley. He was three receptions on five right. targets. So, I mean, it was good. It was as good as anybody else, but that I don't – see them, him being the release valve for Wilson. But uh, what are your thoughts there, Nathan?
1: I think that the Doug Baldwin injury, and it, it's not really concrete of how long that's going to be, but I've seen right. some people say two to four weeks, four to six weeks. Right. Uh, but in any regard, the Seattle receiving core has an opening in terms of targets. I'm not saying this is going to get the same targets that Baldwin had. But I do think that, you know, there's options in that passing game now that, you know, I, I don't really trust Lock, Lockett or any of those other guys to be, you know, high volume targets. So the fact that, you know, uh, a fourth round rookie guy makes that splash early on, that kind of catapults you to getting more targets early on than you probably would have if you didn't have that game. So uh, I'm not saying go out and start Will Disley in, in week two, but I would say go out and find him on your waiver wire in most leagues.
2: What are you recommending if you have a fab budget? What, if you were going out, let's just call it a regular league, not tight end premium. What percentage of your budget would you be putting in on Disley?
1: I'm I'm the worst at this, but I mean I would say like ten to fifteen percent.
2: Okay, I I would I don't think I would I don't think I would go over ten percent personally on it. Um, I think I would in a hundred dollar budget I think I'd be at ten bucks, and if he goes somewhere else, it's going to break my heart because uh, I think that's good. I think that that wide receiving core to me strikes me as it's going to be everywhere all like all the time. It's going to be Disley one week. It's going to be Lockett one week. It's going to be Marshall one week. It's going to be Vinette one week. It's going to be just uh, Doug Baldwin's going to come back. It's going to be Baldwin one week. So I, it's going to be the Russell Wilson show. I agree with that, Dan, but I don't think I'm advocating going for any pass catchers in that particular offense, or at least yet until one shows their way to it. Um, uh, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, talking about a, uh, Dinosaurs and people that we explicitly told you not to purchase on this particular podcast. I believe we all three were in unison. Um, Of course, he spites us and just explodes. And that's Adrian Peterson, um, the goat himself, the Hall of Famer and uh, and Chris Thompson, both showing excessive value. I don't think Chris Thompson's a surprise here. um, And I don't think the volume for Peterson is a surprise was how he looked a surprise to you guys
4: i don't think i was in unison i don't i, I don't think i said don't get him i said th- i said i think he'll have some usable weeks um which isn't really saying Oh, go buy him but at the same time i he was gonna get touches this is a, a gruden led team um you can lump them together because they both have stupid love for weird players um it's just yeah i, I think the writing was on the wall honestly Uh, if they had any sort of script whatsoever, and that's what's going to be what holds back Peterson for this season. I think he's a, again, it's a season by season thing. I don't see how he keeps playing. Yes, he was a freak at one point, but obviously he's slowed down. Um, He's going to need game script to work in his favor. Otherwise, this is just going to be Chris Thompson because, I mean, he's a wide receiver as is who can run the ball as well. I I think he's on three straight seasons with, like something around 40 catches and last year. He only played 10 games. Uh, he was on pace for a massive year. So yep. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. he was,
2: he was, he was studly. I think he was, he was close to the RB one overall before he went down.
4: He was up there for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Chris Thompson, I, I think is still a good dynasty by uh, Adrian Peterson as a contender for little to no cost would have been a great pickup. Um, at this point, I don't know that you're really going to be able to get him from anyone that did pick him up, unless it was a rebuilder that was able to snatch him off waivers and is now looking to sell for anything.
2: But we're still not of the mindset. Do not go out. I mean, or maybe this will just be me saying this, but do not go out and spend a first on
4: No, you're God. Contending. No.
2: Like, even if you're contending, just don't. It's not going to last forever. Uh, Thompson is going to eat into his load. And not to mention that this was the game script that was amazing for Peterson is like this was the one where they were just annihilating the Cardinals the entire game.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that the one thing you do from this game is try and use this as a buying opportunity for Chris Thompson. People say, Oh, well, Peterson is going to get the carries. But the real thing this game showed is that Thompson has recovered from that injury that ended his season last year. And he's going to be involved in the passing game or, you know, he's going to be the feature in the passing game out of the backfield. And Alex Smith has always, you know, used that, running back out of the backfield heavily throughout his career. Granted, he's had some pretty good ones with Jamal Charles and Cream Pond, et cetera. But uh, essentially my my takeaway here is that, sure, I mean, if you want to go out and, you know, take – Peterson's no longer free, so you can't really go out and buy him for free. If you want to sell him for, like, a 2nd round rookie pick, I think that's a fine thing to do. Uh, But Thompson is the real guy to target here because people will see, oh, he didn't get the carries Peterson did. and might, you know, get worried about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, this might be the time if I'm a Peterson owner and I manage to just grab him kind of out of spite as not a contender team or as a rebuild team. Or if your team, you went to go set that week one lineup like I did in Kitchen Cinco and realized, holy God, this is a bad team. I need to stop. Um, if you have Peterson on that team, then definitely try to get a first for him. And if you if you can get a second, that's great. But I think holding out for a first is probably Wait, what I would do. What Holding out for a
1: first for Adrian Peterson?
2: I would, I would think as as if
1: he puts Eric, another the Eric, Eric I promise you, you will never get it a, a first. For
4: Adrian the, problem, Peterson. the problem with selling it a second though is you're not really gaining any true value back. If you're a contender, you, you can't you can't just bail on it for those points because there are still going to be points. You're going to have to kind of pick and choose where you play him. Uh, obviously, no one can really anticipate real game scripts, but I think yesterday was one mm-hmm. of those where it was like, well, they're probably going to run him quite a bit. So well, I, I don't know. Well, let um, me
2: respond to Nathan here, and and this is I know I like uh, playing in a lot of industry leagues. I know that that's that's crazy, but there's a, he's still got a lot of name recognition, and he looked real good last week. I'm telling you that people will it, like your average Joe leagues. The name still pops off the page, and you might be able to pull that off. So I don't know, maybe if if you if, do if you do at us you at us, add us
1: if, yes. if, you <laughs> <sell> <laughs> if you sell Peterson first, yeah, at me if you sell first.
2: No, I just want to prove him wrong. Okay, uh, so that offense actually looked fantastic. Um, also, R.I.P. Josh Josh Doxin. Can we talk about that for a second? That's oof, not great. Um, on to the onto the next game though, uh, and that is the hometown boy himself from my hometown, Denver, Colorado, uh, Philip Lindsay, who everybody definitely had on their team, right? Did we all have <laughs> Philip Lindsay on our radar? Like that's as Dynasty guys, we were for sure deep diving into that one. Um, wow. Out of nowhere, splits carries with Royce Freeman and is equally productive. Both get 15 carries, both get 71 yards, both look pretty good. Um What
4: happened here? I think they needed to spell Royce. I think he was maybe tired. I don't know. He's I mean, mostly
2: saying what happened in the the dynasty community. I mean. Oh. Unless I'm um, missing this. The Dynasty community just whiffed on this completely, right?
4: Well, every, everyone still thinks that Devontae Booker is, for some reason, good. And he's thoroughly atrocious. Uh, but they all held on for that. And then the other thought was that Royce Freeman was going to dominate touches. And worst case scenario, it was going to be Devontae Booker getting um, the rest of what was left. And I, I don't think anyone really had Lindsay on their radar. The ones that did, um, probably mostly Royce Freeman owners as a backup potential, you know, go grab him as a stash. Um or maybe you still had some talent believers cuz he had a pretty good college profile. Uh he was, you know, again like you said hometown boy out of Colorado. Yep. His last two seasons he had over 1200 yards and combined 30 touchdowns just on the ground. So I think, you know, I think they make a really good tandem together. I think you have the big beast in Freeman and I think you have the lightning in in Philip Lindsay, so I think this is probably what we're going to see out of this backfield. Maybe not necessarily fifty-fifty, but I think you see Freeman with the lead touches and Lindsay getting maybe thirty-five, forty percent.
2: I mean, is there something we can learn here, Nathan, to pick up a guy like Philip Lindsay in the future? Because this is when I see something like this come out of left field, I'm like, how did I miss this? How did the whole community miss this? How can I be better moving forward?
1: I I think that it's just a matter of reading the tea leaves and training camp. And for every Philip Lindsay, there's about seven guys who are the same profile, the same type of backup guy who doesn't even make the team. So I I think that, yes, you can say, oh, well, this is why I liked Philip Lindsay, and it worked out. I I think that there's so many circumstances of the same exact scenario going down where it doesn't work out that I'm not going to go out. I think that chasing the Philip Lindsay's of the world is not going to end up a fruitful venture for you. Uh, But for me, what I do see here is that um, you know, it was a solid game for Royce Freeman. In, in I mean, obviously, usually they have the same stat line, but I do think that he's the more likely to get the the carries long term because of the draft capital investment, and I think right. it's just a better running back. But um, I, I think Lindsey, he's one of those guys that like he's the, he's now like the twenty fourth guy in your twenty five uh, man roster or something like that. But nothing really more than that for me.
2: I mean, Philip Lindsay strikes me as the guy I'll – because he's available in a lot of waivers, uh, maybe most waivers, I would say, even in deep dynasty leagues. Um, he's the guy that I feel like you'd go out and you'd dump a bunch of fab into. Um, he could be the C.J. Anderson. And actually, maybe it's just the John Elway thing. Um, but, yeah, he's like he could be the C.J. Anderson of this year where like he had a little bit of hype in camp and then just comes out you know, with a very, very clear role early on.
4: Yeah, it's it's very possible, I think. I think as the, the NFL um, grows and progresses and figures and more, more, more and more out, we're gonna see a lot more, not necessarily committees, but a lot more uh, scatback types kind of returning to the NFL. I think um, I think we're in the midst of that. And uh, another reason a lot of people probably missed on Philip Lindsay is the fact that he's 24 and with how age oriented this dynasty community is, um, and obviously being undrafted, it's uh well he's old he's not drafted no one cares. Um, but Dan, then,
1: yeah. and Dan, I can promise you that ninety nine percent of the industry had no idea what Philip Lindsay's age was until you just said it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's, very, it's very possible, but anyone that deep dives, anyone that's like thoroughly digging to try to find these gems, um, like Nathan they have, for
2: Tyree Kill is what you're saying. is yeah, that what
4: it's it's that kind of thing. You know the Tariq Cohens, the you know Tyree Kills. Yeah, it's 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 that kind of it's that kind of thing. So. Uh, I think he stays moderately relevant, but I don't think he's necessarily startable, even remotely startable week to week. I think he's a good best ball type asset. I think he'll have some splash games, um, especially if that team falls behind. Yes, they're going to more look to Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, but I think I think Lindsey can can help spell Freeman a little bit there.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. All right. Well, let me tell you guys about our sponsor before we move on. And this week we're sponsored by RotoQL, as I mentioned at the top of the show. So do you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league? Well, then you can look no further and download SquadQL. Now that we're in the season, it's the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals this year. RotoQL recommends the best starting lineups for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agency pool. Probably would recommend Philip Lindsay right about now. Uh, You may ask, how do I get SquadQL actually? to actually do this. Uh, The app connects directly with Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS Leagues, pulling in your actual rosters. uh, Your league scoring system, RotoQL, provides waiver and trade recommendations. It's a trade cast, so... Uh, maybe the SquadQL can help you out. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week, and it and it's all based in your league settings. So, SquadQL truly is your go-to app for fantasy football this season. Head to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL, your all-in-one fantasy football manager. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. Uh, you can also download RotoQL for free anywhere you can find Apple or Android apps. Okay, moving on. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, – I, I feel like this is just a Nathan topic, so I'll just throw to you, Nathan, real quick.
1: Yes, it's just a Nathan topic to talk about the team that scored 48 points on Sunday. <laughs>
4: you're, uh, talking about, you're talking about the Ravens? They scored 47, yeah. but that's close.
1: Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, it, it's not like we were saying they had a bat. They had bad weapons in the season. But th- <laughs> those wide receivers and O.J. Howard – were absolutely ridiculous. Uh, that they, they turned Ryan Fitzpatrick into the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, so
4: certainly better than Jameis Winston.
1: Certainly, certainly. So Dan, I'll, I'll go to you, our resident Jameis Winston hater. Uh, how much <laughs> is he going to ruin this offense in a couple weeks? Uh,
4: thoroughly, he, he. It's just, yeah. Uh, I honestly didn't think this. Well, l- let me rephrase. I, I shouldn't say I didn't think they had it in them. I think. I think the, like you said, the receivers were the heart and soul of this team, and I think that they were going to probably make anyone look pretty good. Um, but I didn't see that happening. That was that was absurd. Uh, Deshaun Jackson hasn't lost a step. He still looks incredible. Um, Mike Evans apparently figured out how to play football this week. Uh, oh, come on, Chris Godwin remains pretty good. But yeah, Jameis Winston's going to going to yeah, he's gonna wreck everything. Um and also side note, maybe New Orleans is trash other yeah. than their offense.
2: <laughs> can we can we talk about that for a second? Is this is this maybe what happened? Is maybe the New Orleans defense just literally the worst? Is that is that possibly what's happening here?
4: They look I mean too weak too. It's
1: clearly a combination of of the two. <laughs> I think the Saints off, uh, defense is very bad and the Bucks offense is going to look very good. Uh, I'm hoping James doesn't ruin it. uh, Like Dan thinks he will, but uh, I guess the one other Buccaneers note, um, how worried are we about Mr. Ronald Jones, Eric?
2: Man, he was inactive. Um, Wow. Uh, He was a healthy scratch. I mean, pretty worried. I'm not going to lie. This has just Bishop Sankey written all over it. (laughs) Um, Wow. Um, Yeah, it's, I'm not going to lie. my, I'm at like Defcom three right now. I'm a little worried is what I'll say. Uh, I am. And I have him on a couple of teams. Again, that kitchen sinko league where I'm like, Ronald Jones is definitely going to start. And I'm like sitting around like in June pumped up. And now I'm here. Like he's not even on the field
4: or in the game. He didn't even travel with the team. Great. I'd be worried if Peyton Barber looked remotely decent. I think he Did had like two, record. he had like two okay plays where he looked like he might be a capable running back in the rest of the game. He was just straight up trash. Um, so I'm not worried about Ronald Jones. Yes, the inactive thing, whatever. He's a rookie. Uh, maybe he's just not quite getting it yet. Maybe it's bust potential, but we, we need to give it a little bit of time. I'm I'm not, honestly, not flustered. Um, but yeah, Peyton Barber did not look good, other than like the one like 25-yard run he had or whatever it was. I mean, the um, good
2: thing about Barber, which we knew, is he got fed the football. He had 19 carries. So if he keeps getting that, he'll continue to be a flex option. He, I mean, he's probably at his floor with twenty carries at seventy yards. Like that's that's a pretty bad week. Uh, all things. Specific.
1: I mean, I mean that's his floor, but it's also like basically his ceiling. Like that's that's a, his ceiling. Throwing, <laughs> throwing a touchdown and that's his ceiling. So. Yeah, yeah I one, mean, yard,
4: uh, one yard fallen. I mean, for God's sakes, Ryan Fitzpatrick had twelve carries for like forty yards. So I, I'm with you. <laughs> and and here's something I didn't think I would be
2: saying week one is Ryan Fitzpatrick had more yards than Ronald Jones. Perfect. Perfect.
4: <laughs> well, I think we could have all guessed that.
2: Um, <sighs> but, well, now we could have, but not not during draft season. Draft season, he was he was on fire. One hundred five, one hundred four, fire. You do Terrence. need
4: to be a little bit careful with this Tampa Bay offense and and going too crazy because they were literally about as efficient as you could be. Uh, I think each of the top four pass catchers all had like they were like one hundred percent catch percentage um evans was seven for seven jackson was five for five oj howard was two for two godwin was three for four uh jacques rogers was one for one you know it, they only threw it 28 times so i'm not not going super crazy they were out of their mind efficient yep um in their top three so evans jackson and howard all had uh catch averages over 20 yards so there's that
2: yeah, it's pretty. I mean, yeah, this was this was clearly the one of the. I don't know though. Maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Maybe it's just every other year Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> is good. Maybe it's just like he only comes out to play every now and then. Um, but yeah, that was that was it was fun to watch. And I believe the Millionaire Maker on DraftKings had uh, had him just right up yeah, there at the top.
1: It was, it was a Fitz Evans DJ stack.
2: It was, yeah, that That's was, that was insane. Somebody somebody was just trashed the night before. You're like, you know what? This game's going to be it. Just let like, them know. that was
1: stack it. against the Saints. <laughs> but well, no, but no, also, Saints his, his, his username was Chalk.
2: Uh, it's pretty good. That's, That's pretty awesome. Good. Congrats. I'm to too. I want a million dollars, but uh, sadly, I don't have any. Um, don't have any $1 million. Okay, let's then back up and talk about this from a Dynasty perspective. So I think we all still stand by the fact of Peyton Barber isn't a thing that's going to happen, doesn't look good. If you can get any real value for him, now's the time. Get out. Um, I think we had advocated a second. Anybody want to go walk that back?
4: No. <laughs> what was that poll? Do we remember where that finished?
1: It was, it was two twelve and like... the. I
4: paid Barber one like eighty to twenty. Yikes! Give Yikes. me that two twelve. day.
2: All right. Well, again, I, I managed to get out for a second. Cool with it. I'm super happy with 100%. it. I'm super fine with it. Um, and and that's fine. Uh, redraft, or in redraft, maybe he's worth something in in dynasty uh, by Felicia. Okay, <laughs> then let's talk about other players that have value. Um, probably the most specific ones are Chris Godwin and OJ Howard. OJ Howard's value started to fall a bit. Chris Godwin's value started to fall a bit, but he got sexy in the offseason. Uh Valuations that you're going to give for those particular players right now?
1: I would say, I would say OJ is pretty much where he was at, at a late first, and I mean maybe some people wouldn't, wouldn't even have him that high, but I, I would. And then Godwin probably sneaks up to like the I mean, this is we're getting more specific, but like 107, 108 range. I think that people are getting excited about him. I what mean, was
2: he before, Nathan?
1: But like before last week, like yeah. late, late first, like 110 to 201 range. Um, but the one thing, I mean, this some of the hot take artists on, on the Twitter sphere uh, were having Chris Godwin greater than, greater than Mike Evans tweets. And I, like, jokingly trolled them because Mike Evans was going off. And, like, the fans of those trolls were like, yeah, but Chris Godwin's better than Mike Evans. And I was like, just shut up.
2: <laughs> it's like how my buddy always tells me that he's better at golf than me. And I just shoot better is what he always says.
4: Yeah. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. Makes total sense.
2: Okay. Um, that's interesting. Godwin as, I, I mean, I think I agree with the valuations, OJ Howard. It was good to see him catch some footballs. Cause there was a, a concern about him being more of a blocking piece than uh, catching one. And Cameron Brate goose egg, baby.
1: Yeah. He Honestly, more so than Howard's production, the goose egg on Brate's part is very promising for Howard.
2: Well, yeah. and we just talk about that—that that boyfriend is in fact Jameis Winston. So just give it time, guys. Give it time.
4: Well, you need that—you need him back in in the huddle. So you got you got a couple weeks yet before you see um, the Crabman himself return. Yeah, what are you uh,
2: thinking? Like week week three next year?
4: Who <laughs> hey if this offense keeps rolling like this they can't pull Fitzpatrick they can't
2: (laughs) uh, Uh, that's the joke okay let's move on uh going into the Chargers game uh Gordon and Eckler both basically in a split I think I think Eckler ended up with uh well first off Gordon looked fantastic in his own um and Eckler looked to have a very clear role here which I think we knew he would have kind of like a scat back role I don't think I did not see Eckler having the role that he did though. So what do we make of this? I mean, I think Gordon is solidified as an RB one in dynasty is where do we put Eckler? What do we do with him?
1: I think he's purely a matchup play. I think that in the games where you're projecting uh, Los Angeles to score 24, 28 points, I think he's a great play and a guy who's likely to, you know, get, get, you know, a few touchdowns throughout the year and also just be that PPR option, like six catches for 40 yards. And that's a 10 point game for you right there. So I, I think that's, you know, you kind of just got to look at the matchups. And if it's a game that you don't think the Chargers are going to score a lot, maybe fade him and, and go for another flex option. But in those high scoring games, Eckler will definitely be a really good option.
2: Well, what's yeah, he, what's the valuation you're putting on Eckler, Nathan, right now? Because uh, he, he was worth nothing. Like, I don't know, nothing's going I mean, to no,
1: worth-, worth He was worth nothing. Uh, he, and I, I don't think that you can get a second for him. So, I mean, I, he's one of those players that is. Uh, you know, we're less than a second worth more than a third.
2: And no one's really going to get, I, I'm going to put my foot down here. I think you can get a second for him. All I'm right. On Twitter but just, right
4: now. We already knew where this was going. Put the poll up on <laughs> Twitter. <Any random laughs> second, or Austin Eckler. The, the issue here is, is, I mean, this is again, probably a ceiling play. You have 10 touches for like a buck 20 or yep. whatever it happens to be and a touchdown. So you're going to need the touchdown and 10 touches isn't sustainable for Austin Eckler, unless something happens with Melvin Gordon. Um, So if you can foresee the future and understand how injuries work, great. Good for you. Uh, Maybe start writing some memoirs or something about how you realize that. (laughs) What are you talking about? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, obviously clear, clear. Gordon is an RB one dominated touches. He had nine catches guys. That's if anything, I would have thought that Eckler would have had more. Remember when he couldn't catch at Wisconsin? Remember that? Remember? I remember. Pepperidge Farm. Pepperidge oh, Farm. Uh, Pepperidge also Dang, you got me. You sniped, <laughs> you sniped me on the Pepperidge Farm reference. <laughs> it was close. Um, but yeah, like like Nathan said, it's going to be, for Eckler, it's definitely going to be a matchup play. You're going to need uh, kind of a higher scoring game or uh, maybe one where the, uh, the the script works in a passing down favor because that's kind of where Eckler has his real value as a pass catcher because he is a pretty good pass catcher. I'm not going to take that away from him. Uh, he's not entirely doo-doo. So, um he he does have a little bit of value there uh, certified I
2: not doo-doo from dan
4: <laughs> i just think in an in a in an entire nutshell i think you have to kind of prop up this chargers team uh, a little bit more than maybe we were giving him credit for i think all around they're just really solid uh philip rivers led they have a good rushing attack and then obviously keenan allen melvin gordon in the passing game looks like mike williams might not be a dead body um so they i think yeah i think prop up los angeles chargers which is still weird to say um a little bit and i think he can maybe even bundle eckler in there a little bit i think that that poll might come back in favor of a, of uh, eckler over a random second or a late second whatever you you posted because he might have some value now if this team is going to keep scoring points like this and continue to just kind of be randomly bad and not win games
2: I mean what I'll what I'll throw out is PPR is super important with Eckler.
4: And maybe it's sure. an obvious. Yeah, thing.
2: If you are playing in a standard league or even a half point PPR, like Eckler's not your guy. Don't go, don't go out and buy Eckler for a second. Um, but yeah, just the update, we're at 4060 right now. Uh, towards <laughs> towards the random second is what I put up. So um, it's coming. It's coming. It's gonna be forty sixty by the end of this, which is pretty ludicrous, all things considered, Nathan.
1: All right, uh, just one thing before we wrap this one up. Uh, Dan, because I feel like Eric kind of pushed back on, on the trade value of Eckler prior to the season starting. I, I'm right that he didn't have value two days ago, right?
4: Oh, zero. Yeah, I mean he was he was stashed on Gordon owners' t- teams as you know a contingency plan, or maybe some savvy guys that were like, "Hey, I'm gonna have this guy," or guys that went zero RB because this is the fruits that you see. Um, but yeah, he didn't have any value. You couldn't have you couldn't have been like, "Hey, somebody want Eckler for a third. No one was biting on that.
2: And to be fair, I'm not sure I was put, it was, I was actually more questioning it because I don't own Eckler and haven't tried to buy him anywhere. So maybe sounded like pushing back. That actually was me being legitimately clueless as to Eckler's valuation.
1: All right. Another player who uh, people have been clueless on his evaluation or uh, his valuation for the last few years. That's, that's a
2: transition. A- nice, Nathan. Good work.
1: To that. Oh, yeah. Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. Uh, He's had some ups and downs throughout his career, and uh, this past week was definitely an up as he helped uh, get that comeback uh, on the Bears and the winning touchdown.
2: So, Can we just, just real quick, before we get into Cobb, talk about how flippin' insane that was? I almost turned the game off. Dynasty Frank did turn the game off. Hi, Dynasty Frank's <laughs> mom. I know you're trying to save electricity, but he did. He woke up this morning. I saw his tweet of, like, what happened?
4: Well, they gave him the game when the when that uh, was a fuller drop that, like, the easiest interest, like, any of the three of us would have made that play. Hokie, bad. That was horrible. That was
2: Virginia Tech hokie, right there.
4: Gifted. The second he dropped that, it was it was over. That like a Rogers was making something happen once he dropped that because that was a, t- such a terrible play.
2: Yeah, that's yeah terrifying. Rod- Darren Rodgers is terrifying. Sorry, <laughs> let's go on to Cobb.
1: All right, my, my my take on Cobb here is that the last few years it's been a combination of him having injury issues, and then when he's been healthy, it's been Rodgers with the injury issues. If they both can be healthy and stay on the field at the same time, I think this results in Randall Cobb having a wide receiver two season. In which case, it will be he'll be a huge value from his dynasty value this past off season, and as well as redraft. I I think I got him like the tenth or eleventh round in a redraft in my home redraft. Not that anyone cares about fantasy, but uh, with Cobb, I think that with with Cobb, he has he has to stay healthy. Obviously, but I think that if him and Rogers are healthy, he ends up being a huge
2: value. I,
4: I, think the biggest, I think the biggest takeaway is that Ryan McDowell isn't going to be able to wear sweatpants or basketball shorts for an entire NFL season.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. I, that, that, that mental imagery is not okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. And I'm pretty sure Ryan would not appreciate it.
4: Oh, well, he's appreciating every bit of that. That's a wholesome the, gentleman. That's a wholesome game. gentleman.
2: Oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 I agree with everything Nathan said. If, if they can put it together. I mean, because you saw how not valuable he was with Kaiser as his quarterback. So you even got a preview of, like, Nathan's take happening in real time. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I I think I agree. But this is, I mean, it's not to be expected that Cobb is going to be the guy that blows up every week. I mean, I I don't think Cobb's an indictment on Devontae Adams' value. I think Devontae Adams is still insanely valuable. I just think that they're going to be sharing the torch of it.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, he let's let's not get that twist. He still had like a 19 point game in PPR, so I, I don't think that's that's the in play at all. I think they're going to have similar target share uh, for at least a little while. Uh, maybe maybe Adams separates as uh, we'll see what happens with Rodgers. Well, who knows how healthy he is? Um, but you know, Cobb's Cobb's not going to have 75 yard touchdown catches every game. That's we know that. Um, yep. Yes, so, correct. Yeah, so so you know the big blow up games are gonna happen when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback and you're in an offense like that. They're, they're gonna be there, but they're gonna be there for all those guys. No one here would have guessed that Geronimo Allison would have had five for seventy and a touchdown. Um that's you know, it's gonna happen for all of these guys because that's the offense. What we could have predicted was that Jimmy Graham was gonna be doo doo. So I'm gonna take a yeah. victory lap on that one.
2: I believe all three of us again can go ahead and hop on that train and one take game our victory, victory lap. Take our victory choo-choo lap. So <laughs> on that note, I think we are done for this week's uh, Dynasty Trade Cast. Uh, we'll go ahead and apologize for not touching on the Jets game, um, Jets Detroit game, or Rams Oakland game. Uh, we are recording literally during this, so we can get this to you as quickly as possible to break down the Sunday stuff. So you can get in there, make your trades before others have figured it out. So um, enjoy that. We'll be continuing this format throughout the rest of the regular season where we are recording during monday nights and we're releasing on monday nights so if you want to listen to the pod before you go to bed if you literally the nfl week one is over and you want more you want the first commentary on it it's gonna be us baby it's gonna be us uh so uh anything else to wrap up the show here guys any takeaways or things that you want to tell the listeners before we go ahead and wrap up and don't say kadoosh nathan
4: the lions might be doo-doo and the jets might not be yeah
2: we've seen matt stafford throw at least
4: six picks at this point point. <laughs> and now matt castle's in an nfl football game so we uh, got issues
2: okay well that i didn't even know that i'm not actually watching the game but uh uh that was before the podcast started actually fun fact it thrown seven so uh yeah it's going down for real <laughs> okay now nathan kadoosh kadoosh all right we're out of here we'll catch up with you guys next week enjoy week two